What does it take to become an elite 40K player? How do the top competitors overcome bad dice? The Competitive 40K Network presents Art of War Unbroken. Insight into the game plans of the top players on the planet with your hosts, Blake Law and the Art of War Coaches. Hello and welcome to Art of War Unbroken. Champions may lose, but their spirits remain unbroken. I'm your host, Blake Law. This is episode 76 of the podcast. That is right, 7-6. We are very happy you're able to join us today. They say you learn the most from your losses. That is exactly what this show aims to do. We're going to be interviewing an elite player who's lost one to two games at a major event. We're going to be talking about mistakes. We're going to break them down. We're going to talk about how they plan to learn and move forward from those. How often have you blamed the game on bad dice? We've all done it. I'll send it there. I did it last night on Monopoly. We are headed over to Maryland for the Flames of Autumn event. We are going to be talking about a little bit of Iron Warriors, a little strange piece of the meta. And we're going to be talking about their game into my boy, Andrew Gagno and his Tau. Now, in this part, this is part one, we're going to be analyzing the game, talking about common mistakes, talking about secondaries, target priority, and all of the stuff and things, as Brad would put it. In part two, which is available to subscribers at theartofwar40k.com, we're going to be talking about the list. We're going to be talking about adjustments to that list, how that list plays in your list, my list, every list under the sun. We're going to be talking about new strategies. And don't forget that sweet, sweet, sweet elite player mindset. My co-host today is actually a robot with a bunch of programmed responses. Every now and then, you might hear him say things like stuffing things or say things, I don't know, just, just imagine like a, a comment that just applies to anything and it just appears, and um, that's what it is. So you know, my co-host is actually a robot. I love the fact that you just gave something that happened in a chat with no context for anybody listening. So I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna let people in on this. So I may or may not be known as the world's least responder in any form of communication because I'm a thousand and everybody gives me lots of grief about this. And so somehow one of the chats, I, as usual, gave one of my two word answers to like a hundred message thread. And they're like, is Brad actually a bot? Like he just says stuff and things. He gives like tons of canned responses. There was literally like a thousand a thousand messages and brad responds have you guys ever thought about playing more games that's the only <laughs> the only response and it's like i'm like that, that's one of that's one of the auto responses are brad he's actually sitting in stasis somewhere just with an auto response generator just generic things that apply to anything just come like out he just yeah. say just random nonsense here and there he's like have i been friends with a bot for a decade <laughs> well nick has nick is friends with a lot of bots but Brad Chester, for those who don't know, Brad Chester, he's he's a robot, he's a ghost, he's uh, he's many things, but I'm proud to call him my friend. Oh, oh yeah. Our guest today is someone who really made a big splash at this event. He played versus Andrew Gagno at the final of this Flames of War event, and he took a pretty cool list with a Land Raider in it. We saw this. We had to have him on this show. I'm very, very excited to talk about this. We're talking about Aiden Barkley. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm I'm really excited. I didn't expect to do so well, and I'm really happy I did. And everyone was loving the uh, the Iron Warriors on stream. I was on stream all of day three. So if you want to check that out, shout out to War Games Live and Joe. He's got a yeah. he's past good podcast. Joe's good peeps. Yeah. So was this this was at that big store, um, Andrew Burt's Anthony Birdsong store over there? Yeah. Um, Tables and Tables Towers. and Towers. 
Yeah, we talked a lot story. about that on the show. I, th- I feel like that that uh, store looks amazing. I've wanted to make an event for a while over there. Yeah, it's got amazing tables, uh, great judges. They run great events, lots of space. The walls are lined with professionally painted minis. It's just a, an amazing store there. Nice. Yeah, we, that's one of the ones I've definitely... It never quite fits my schedule, but next year I'm going to make it to one of his events and uh, see this immaculate store in person. So um, tell us a little bit about the terrain for this event and um, kind of how it was all laid out and stuff. Yeah, so they use MATC terrain. There's this new MATC, I would say, quote unquote, circuit. Um, They have a standardized terrain format. So for every mission, they have this terrain laid out. It's Similar to GW terrain in that there's lots of buildings. There's a couple, there's a forest here and there. There's lots of small little obscurable items, but it is nice is that all terrain is preset. So every mission is preset. Some missions have a lot of open objectives. Oh, There'll yeah. be three or four <laughs> objectives out in the, oh, in the open with zero terrain or a building close. Uh, so you can't just sit in behind a building and not play the game and just score objectives. I like this a little bit more than player place, to be honest, even though I'm not a shooting army, there's a lot of play around the fact that you have to go out and you have to touch an objective in the open. I like the fact that they, it just becomes a bloodbath at a certain point, you know, they vary, quite, they vary quite a bit though. It's, it's very different on each for each of the missions because the terrain changes per mission, not just per that changes permission not just the type it's not just like here's the hammer and anvil or here's the dawn of war it legitimately moves on 11 12 13 you know and on forward uh, every single mission has a slightly different setup for where everything is who's yeah, the person very- generating it who's like the one kind of making this format i i couldn't tell you it's the matc organizers um i couldn't tell you who generated it i think it was mainly uh, i don't want to say what i don't know yeah, it's but their group has it. It's on there. They give them some props. They have their own Facebook, and they have a couple other things going on. They have a Discord chat, uh, but they have all their stuff on there. If anybody wants to just take a look at it, uh, they have every single map posted on it. Yeah, and uh, player place has been getting a little stale recently. Whoever wins the roll off the place, the first the first terrain places the big ruin right in the middle, so they can sit on the middle objective. And then now the game is already preset. You got to go get them off the middle objective, or you lose the game. So I like that there's a big switch up here. It's big too for people that don't play a lot of player place terrain because you see games just won and lost on immediately on that. And you're just like, oh, yeah. you don't play tons of player place? Well, sad. It's gonna it's yeah. gonna be a long day for you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm in on the set, man, for sure. Was that right? Is this in Maryland? Yes, Maryland. Man, I kind of guessed on that. I'm gonna be honest with you. I, uh, <laughs> I that whole area is kind of just like a big blur. It's like Maryland, DC, freaking Northern Virginia. Virginia. Yeah, I was like, I don't remember which one it is. It's one of those three. I'm just gonna say a name. And on the next <laughs> thing, weren't you an out west guy at one point in time? I was in Kansas City. It's funny we were talking about Kansas City, the Kansas City GT a second ago, the major. Uh, but I was in Kansas City, moved back to the East Coast where I grew up. I was gonna say at some point in time, I know I talked to you, and you weren't on the East Coast. No, <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> Well, all right. So um, tell us a little bit about your list and uh, the Iron Warriors here, man. Yeah, I'll run down the list just straight and then I'll give some key insights. So we've got Iron Warriors. It's a faction that really hasn't seen a lot of play in the competitive scene. Your friend who's down the street, who's got three Iron three Chaos and Warhammer tattoos, uh, he's the one that plays Iron Warriors. He's running like, you know, Demolishers and Vindicators and, you know, stuff like that. Um, but it hasn't seen a lot of play at the top tables, and I think it has some competitive play. So in the list, I've got a battalion where with a Lord of Scord and Dark Apostle Master Possession, 
This is a slightly different take on the HQs. Uh, Lagor Discordant has the Bale Flamer and Technovirus Injector. He's kitted out to do damage. He's got Flames of Spite and Mark of Slanesh, and he has Intoxicating Elixir. The Master Possession is the standard loadout. He has Libra Reticus, so he casts three spells. He's Mark of Slanesh, so he can cast uh, Feel No Pain. He's got uh, Mutated Invigoration for plus one strength toughness, which is very important on the Land Raider. We'll get to that later. And then he's got Pact of Flesh and um, Delightful Agony, so he can put five Feel No Pain, heal a guy. And then the Dark Apostle has got the standard loadout, Illusory Supplication, the best defensive buff in the game. And he's Slanesh, so he can give advance and charge to the Terminators, which is quite important. He also has the Iron Warrior's Royal Trait Bastion, which is give, at the start of the command phase, give a core unit obsec. That is also critical to the game plan. Having the Terminators, you'll see this in every list with the Terminators, they're very hard to kill, but most of them are not obsec. So we have, those are the HQs. Troops, we got 3 by 10 cultists just bare running around behind buildings, just being really annoying. For the elites, we have the Terminators, 10 Terminators, pretty standard loadout, Black Rune for minus one to wound, and I've got two Meltas and two Chain Fists on that Terminator squad. Then I then I have 10 Plague Marines. This is a switch up from normal elite slots. Plague I love Marine. these. I love this in Iron Warriors, though. I saw this yeah. when I first saw the list. Uh, I was checking out the games as they were being played, uh, and I, I saw that you took the Plague Marines. We've been talking about this for a while, but I haven't put it on the table, and I really like that this choice continues sorry yes i just, yes, I just loved yeah. it though they they really were heightened they the land raider kind of enabled them to be able to play the game because guess what they're 10 men they're going to go in the land raider so 10 men they've got their all their upgrades are free so they're fully kitted out to the teeth they're good at, they're decent at shooting and they're very good in melee we've got a champion with the fists uh, plasma gun we've got two blight launchers we've got two melted guns uh i know it says plasma guns on my list but i've played melted guns the whole event and we've got two uh, cleavers, two flails, and one mace. So they're, again, pretty good at shooting, and they hit pretty hard in combat. The whole problem, why people haven't been running them, is that they're very slow. They move five inches. They can't. There's no way to advance in charge except for if you're bile. It just uh, it doesn't really add up to a, a winning unit. Uh, then we get on, get on to five possessed. Very solid brawler unit. Just go up and be very durable, hard to kill. Uh, then we've got five Rubik Marines with Warp Flamers in front of White Warp Flame Pistol. This was, again, key a key part of the game plan. The champion has warp time. That's that's definitely a key part of the game plan. Then we have, a, in heavy support, we have the big bad boy, a Chaos Land Raider. Yeah, we haven't seen nice. these on the top table in, like, I don't Forever. know, four editions? I don't know. I don't he know. had to blow the, the, blow the dust off that bad boy. <laughs> yeah. If <laughs> you were like, what? <laughs> And then finally, in the Supreme Command, everyone's favorite character, Abaddon, rounding out the list. I hate Abaddon. Everyone does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He especially hates because he's a night player. Dude, <laughs> yes. I've lost to Abaddon. I'm like over five. I've, I haven't, I've been on a win streak, and every game I've lost has been Chaos Marines, basically. And it's all Abaddon. I'm just like, I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you. Like, that guy wins so games. Much. That guy wins games. So that's the list. Let me talk a bit about the general strategy really quick before we get into this. So... Iron Warriors can make that. Everyone knows the Terminator brick in CSM. Every CSM list is running it. You know, you got the loose resupplication, which is trans hit, no hit rerolls. You have uh, five up field of pain. You can make them plus one toughness. Uh, they're minus one to win for Black Rune. So that alone makes them one of the toughest units in the game, if not the toughest. Iron Warriors takes it to the next level and then adds OBSEC on top of that. So in Iron Warriors, you get no reroll to wound. So all of a sudden, that T5 minus one to wound. That strength nine gun is winning on fours with no rerolls. It, it is a completely obnoxious to kill. Yeah. And on top of that, 
against in certain scenarios and in this game against Ganya, where damage profiles are a little bit too high, like four damage, five damage, you can spend two CP to make them minus one damage. So all of those defensive buffs stack up on this unit to make it absurdly obnoxious to kill. And then you put the world of trade on it for, for obsec. They take over half or the middle of the board. It just is really obnoxious to kill. So they move up the board. Usually I put the supporting characters right next to them. The land raider usually goes on the side of the board with 10 plague marines inside. Most of the times I stuck Abaddon behind the land raider. The terminators really could play their own game wherever they wanted to go. They would bully opponents. They would hold objectives. They just wouldn't die. Um, I had the discordant usually with them. So whenever something would touch them that they couldn't kill out, the discordant would come up and bully them. Abaddon went with a land raider. And that way, whatever was going to bully the land raider now has to deal with Abaddon. So it seems like a twofold approach. In normal CSM lists, you get the one brick of Terminators. Sometimes you can play around that in certain missions. You can play around the sides, like recover the relics. I played a Tau player and recover the relics. Because I had a twofold approach of really obnoxiously hard units to kill, it's kind of uh, putting my opponent into a corner. Nice. Let's talk about the list that you played against, and then we'll talk about the mission, and we'll talk about your game plan and everything for it. So, Mr. Ganyo was bringing some Farsight Enclaves. We've got a Crisis Suit Bodyguard unit with Burst Cannon, Cyclic, Flamer, Cold Star Commander with all of the Pew Pews, Exemplar of the Kion, Burst Cannon, DWO2, Isle Purpose, Missile Pod, the Onager Gauntlet for a little bit of Punchy Punchy. Now we've got a second Onager, or second Onager. Yeah, we got Onagers everywhere. They're just giving out relics for free. Another Cold Star Commander with Precision, High Alpers Burst, Missile Pod, Plasma, Pure Tide Chip, and then he's got the Runaway, Runaway Tau Mojo, and the Thermonotronic. So he's got two characters that have some hand-to-hand in it, which is a little bit more than most Tau armies are going to have. So we've got troops. We've got two units of 10 Breachers, which go into two Devilfish. So we've got two combo Breacherfish. The unit of crew, Triptide, three Riptides, and then the obligatory two Shun Shark Bombers, which I think just auto-populate when you make an army of Tau in Battlescribe. So tell us about what the mission was and your thoughts on how, whether you're favored and your battle plan. Yes, we played Death and Zeal. It was the last mission. We've got a central objective in a forest. We have uh, objectives in the center of the quarters and its corner deployment. This is kind of tough because three, the three center objectives are out in the open. There's no hiding. There's no hiding a building from Tau. This is going to be a bloodbath, and I know it. Um, I was talking to Ganyo and talking through his damage profiles, and he was telling me about all the damage two he had, all the damage three he had, and I'm like, okay, this sounds good. And then he talks about the Riptides, where they spill over onto damage four if they overcharge. And I was like, that's when... I start to worry a bit because damage four starts to be the point where you can kill a Terminator with one single shot. So I knew immediately that I was going to have to save some CP for some minus two damage. I also knew that I couldn't just run at him and hope for the best. So I made a game plan to play the corners. I, I, I was going to abandon the center objective, maybe touch it one uh, one of the games, but the Land Raider, Abaddon, and the 10 Plague Marines were going to go to the my bottom right corner and the terminator is going to go to the top left corner and i was just kind of kind of tried to deny his primary and score decently on my secondaries that was the game plan going so, so we're looking to go to both neutral zone objectives on top left bottom right then exactly Perfect. exactly ignore the middle i think the middle would be a killing zone even though he's got a billion inch range the middle was just kind of suicide while you're thinking about all this um 
Over the course of the weekend, what do you Swear think of MVP? God, if you're going to steal this. And um, what do you think is on the chopping block on your list moving forward? Well, MVP has to be the Chaos Land Raider. I, I didn't. Oh. I only mentioned it once. Uh, let me tell you about this guy. And and uh, we were talking about it before the call. Ganya was having a headache shooting at this guy. This Land Raider is T9, which is a huge buff to T8. That's amazing. T9, two up armor of contempt, 16 wounds. And you're already thinking, okay, you know, he's hard to kill, but like, maybe I'll get some, wait a second. You can't reroll against that. So those Meltas are wounding on fives. There's strength, like there's multi-Meltas wounding on fives. Every gun in Ganya's army was wounding on fives. And on top of that, there's a strat in Iron Warriors where you can do minus one to wound for two CP. So every gun in Ganya's army was now wounding on sixes with no reloads. <laughs> That's gross. So it's not dying. MVP. What's our chopping block? It would have to be the Plague Marines. As much as I as much as I love them, I played Death Guard for so long. They got out, did one single thing, which is usually take an objective or kill a small squad, and then immediately died. That was what happened to them every single game. So something else is going to the Land Raider. Land Raider is staying in the list. Something else is going in. There. Haven't figured it out yet. All right, carry on. Yeah, sorry. I just had to. I, just, I was just real curious. Just had moment, to so. steal my my mojo, and he's missed it for what two shows. <laughs> I had missed it. I had. To, I I wanted to get it in, a, in an opportune spot when I knew you wouldn't expect it. <laughs> We're still talking about the list. <laughs> <laughs> you know, drop the bomb, man. Yeah, I wasn't ready. He was like, "Open the box. What's in the box?" Yeah. <laughs> Who knew a land raider would be good? I'm so happy, man, because everyone, like, when they see a land raider on the table, everyone's, like, eyes light up. You know, people are like, oh, my God, is that a land raider? I'm like, hell yeah, it is. And my opponents are like, what? Is that a land raider? I'm like, hell yeah, it is. You know? <laughs> it really messes with my opponent's, like, heads when they're like, do I kill that? Do I have to do anything about that? Like, what do I, how can I kill that? Right. Favorite, favorite part about a chaos land raider, by the way, go look at the old ones. The last cannon sponsons are actually right behind the doors. So oh. if, in the old in the old way that you used to have to get out of doors, you would getting out directly in front of the gun that's shooting. <laughs> that's always my favorite thing. I'm like, who designed this, man? Arkin Land designed that. My boy Arkin Land. <laughs> so you go into this game. We're playing this. We've got a game plan of both corners, basically abandoning the middle. Did you feel that you were favored going into the match, especially after you heard his secondaries? Also, what were your secondaries? My secondaries, that was the weakest part of my game plan. Uh, I chose Banners, which I felt was okay. Uh, in retrospect, I would have changed that. Uh, I chose Bring It Down, because Ganyu had all big tanks, so all big battle suits and tanks. And then I chose Engage. And by God, this was ended up being a close game, and you would not believe how little I scored on Engage. It was absolutely ridiculous. I believe that, though. Because you're basically yeah. looking at maximums of two effectively for your game plan all the time. Yeah, yeah. So that was the the plan was to go to both corners um, and just stick around as long as I could. Do you remember what Ganyo chose? Yeah, he chose... Tau, Tau Stranglehold Executive? <laughs> yes, he chose Tau Stranglehold. He chose the Tau, like, retrieve Nakman data version where he has to do it... Aerospace. Yeah, yeah. where he has to do it the, uh, on the board edge. And I believe his last one was no prisoners. CSM tends to give up a lot of no prisoners. You know, those cultists, cultists give up three points to something themselves. Yes, exactly. And, and and everything else that's good in CSM is mainly infantry. All right. So we start off. Do were you? How were you feeling about this? Were you feeling favored into it? Did you feel that you had the mojo? 
uh, knowing that you've got the super secret tech, the land raider that was going to be actually a, a pain in the ass for him. So. Yeah, yeah, I was feeling good. Uh, I was a little worried. I think Ganyo's Tau has the damage, the right kinds of damage to deal with my army. And I'm thinking, I'm talking about the damage for uh, the planes were obnoxiously annoying to deal with. So mm-hmm. I felt like I was at a little bit of a disadvantage. If I was going to go into a team event, I would tell I would tell my team this is a minor loss. Speaking of team events, that's a good uh, way to put it. You're just speaking <laughs> Brad's lang- love language. I was like, <laughs> We're talking team events. I'm in, baby. Yeah. Aiden read that book about love languages before he came on this. He's like, Brad's love language is team events. Team events. Team yeah, events. While he was playing that, I was playing in a team event. You were. You were. Yeah. But um, so, so walk me through the game. Right. So Ganya wins the role to go first. Um, his planes have a big decision. They can stay on the board. They can bomb my Terminators, uh, bomb some of my vehicles, and stay on the board. Those are the main three choices that he has. The only thing in the open is the bottom, and my bottom right-hand side is the Land Raider on the line. I can't really hide him. Ganyo's fast enough. I'd rather have him on the line, especially because I know on turn one I can make him wounding on sixes with no rerolls. So he flies his first plane over the Lord Discordant, actually, does a couple wounds to him, uh, and then realizes it's not worth it because I can heal him pretty quickly. I was going to say, you were like, thank you. Did you give him a quick handshake on that one? I did. I did. Yeah. No, <laughs> he, he was like, can he heal after he bombed him? He was like, can he heal? And I was like, yes, I can heal one a turn plus D3. And he was like, oh, yeah. never mind then. Flies <laughs> over the lanyard. <laughs> uh, so his whole game plan, turn one, was to shoot the only thing out in the open, which was, was the Land Raider. I deployed the Terminators relatively close to the center, toward, kind of toward the... Uh, Top end of the objective. And again, if you guys want to watch the game, it's brilliantly streamed on War Games Live. So feel free to go back and watch that. So Terminators are going to go to the top left. The Land Raider is going to go to the bottom right. He points every gun in his army at the Land Raider on turn one. I spend the two CP for wounding on sixes. And his face, as he's rolling out all of his plasma guns and all of his ion cannons, wounding on sixes was like, oh, he has like five hits, zero wounds. All right, four hits. One wound, three hits, and so he shot his whole army of damage three and damage four into this land raider, wounding on sixes with no rerolls, and did a total of seven wounds to it. Oh. Yeah, he did three wounds from the bombing run, so that was important. But this land raider is still living with six wounds remaining, and I felt really good at that point. Did you, um, can you heal that thing too? You, you can with a warp smith, but I didn't take him in this. Ah, okay. And that's another thing. There's Iron Warriors of Warp. Anyway, uh, so I execute my game plan. The Land Raider moves as far as he can. He's not middle brackets. He moves as far as he can toward the right, the bottom right. The Terminators warp time in advance up to the top left. I can't quite get on that objective. Possess go and raise a banner on the top left objective. Um, and I can't really do any damage. Land Raider shoots at a um, devilfish. And did you know you can look out, sir, from a devilfish to a marker drone or to a shield drone? It's ridiculous. Savior protocols. Can you really? Yes, yes. And oh Riptide. Oh my gosh, that's so yeah. silly. So now I'm buckling up. I've got my Terminators. They're touching the one Terminator's touching the middle objective. One Terminator's touching the top left objective. The Land Raiders getting ready to go harass this bottom right objective. And I'm thinking now the turn I got to buckle up. I'm saving two CP so I can minus one damage on the Terminators and just weather the storm. So yeah, he just unloads everything into the Terminators. I spend the two CP minus one damage strats. And he whittles them down to, I think, three or four. Um, he flies his planes on, tries to snipe some characters, doesn't end up working. He bombs the Terminators. He ends up killing the Land Raider with some lucky rolls. I'm really upset about that. And the Land Raider blows up and does three wounds to a Baden, 
which is huge in a towel match. Bad. I, mean, Super can, bad. I cannot tell you how big that is. That's, Losing that's an perfect entire amount for him to do. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, is what it is, but um, I take an incredible amount of damage that turn. And Ganyo is able to deny my primary down to a four that turn because he moved out some crude and denied my banner. So the early turns were basically me going to deny his primary, jumping out. Uh, the the Plague Marines jumped out of the Rhino, jumped out of the Land Raider uh, behind train with the Baden. And I just kept sending them out to deny Ganyu down to four primary every turn. The Terminator's in the top left, and I sent some root Marines up there. I sent the Lord Discordant up there. We're just trying to weather. But Ganyo kept shooting me off of these objectives 2A, just in an annoying amount, so I couldn't hold any objectives. So it was just a game. It ended up being, I thought I was going to be able to survive with the Terminators. It ended up being that Ganyo had the firepower to kill them over, I would say, three turns. So I just kind of didn't have enough stuff to stand on these open objectives. And then the only thing really remaining on the bottom right, after I kept trading these Plague Marines out, the the, the Land Raider went first, then the Plague Marines, then Abaddon. Um, the only thing left was Abaddon because uh, you know he's the one that can only that can survive a tower shooting phase. So engage was a completely atrocious because Abaddon can't score engage. Um, so I'm sitting there on two quarters, just looking at myself like, why in the hell did I choose engage? Yeah, it ended up being a complete bloodbath. But then toward the end. Toward the end, Ganyo had to start committing more and more resources toward the objectives to hold them. So I think on turns four, turns three and four and five, I started killing his his planes, his devil fishes, and finally, I think I got two riptides in the end because he had to commit those two objectives. And the disco ate one up, and the Abaddon ate another another one up. What was the final score on this? It was seventy six to sixty six. Uh, so the ten points could have been on a how many points you score on the. Um... The secondaries, Age. man. It was the secondary game was rough. The primary game was good because I went second. That was the saving grace. I was able to get a 15 on the last turn. Um, secondaries, I scored a eight on bring it down, almost a 10, because there was one plane with one wound remaining. I scored a five on banners. Ganya did brilliantly denying my banners, which is why I wouldn't choose it in that matchup if I had to play it again. And then I scored a total of drum roll two on engage. <laughs> And it was a 10-point game. I'm like I'm like staring at this. I was like, this is a 10-point game. I scored a two on my secondary. What am I doing? Jeez. So what would you identify as probably your biggest mistake in this matchup then? The secondaries. I think the game plan was solid. Just try to survive as long as possible. Um, I think two big mistakes. One was the secondaries. Um, choosing better secondaries, just hands down. And two was, I think I didn't necessarily need to expose the Terminators on turn two, if that makes sense. Like I moved them out to on turn one. I could have yeah, played them a little had, better. You had said that you were going to basically abandon that middle and then ended up kind of toe touching the pool anyways. Yeah, it, it was, mm. it, it kind of, uh, I flubbed the game plan and he was able to deny every objective that I went to toe touch anyway. So it wasn't, it didn't end up working out. Cool. That's uh yeah, that's, that's a tough game too. That's one you can't, uh, you have almost no wiggle room when you play someone like Ganyo here. He's a, He's like um he's almost like a robot. He's like a Siegler robot, you know. Where, he is. Uh, he, he is. He doesn't miss a thing. He's he's good. He's a very gentlemanly player. He's very classy, but he does not miss a thing. Where he's like an efficiency robot. Brad's like an answer machine robot. You know, it's like you call <laughs> it. It's like uh, you just get you get a message, and uh, that's um. I feel, like I feel like it's more like Archer. You're not really sure if he got his voicemail or not. Yep. Yes. It could be either one. <laughs> You're sent from the future to be our voicemail to give us to give us messages <laughs> from the future. That's uh, 
Well, awesome, man. Thanks for coming on, man. I'm looking forward to part two, which is the bladdening. The, the, the bladdening, because we're going to do a Blake-Brad combo. Off the top ring ropes? Off the team. We're going we're gonna to tag team. You've got to slap me in. I'm going to come in. I'm going to throw an elbow on you. Are you ready for that? I don't think I'm ready. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be pretty intense. We'll yeah, probably talk a lot about a lot of team events. We're, we'll derail. Everyone who's a subscriber knows. They know what they're getting into when they, when they step into the ring. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Join us for part two. Make sure to check out our other content at theartofwar40k.com. We have the Art of War Vanilla Flavored with Nick Nadavani and Paul Murphy. We have the very, very Australian Art of War Down Under with the late and great Adam Camilleri. We, of course, are the Art of War Pistachio. The flavor you didn't know you loved till you tried us. Thanks for listening. Like what you just listened to? Check out Art of War and the Art of War Down Under podcast on the competitive 40K network. Theartofwar40k.com. 